everybody, it's Steve Simonson, and I'm coming back to you again with another Storytime with Steve episode. Now, technically, I didn't intend to uh, do two Storytimes with Steve episodes back-to-back, um, but the, the other item we had on today's agenda, uh, it takes too much time to complete. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to share a, a little bit of my origin story with you guys, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it will be both instructive uh, but also um, enlightening, you know, in terms of uh, my journey. So uh, just yesterday, I talked about my first million-dollar day attempt. And, um, and some of the, the efforts that went into that, that was in Awesomer's episode number 109. Today is Awesomer's episode number 110, and uh, the custom's now well-established. Just go to awesomers.com slash 110 to see today's show notes and details. Hmm, my, my voice is not cooperating today. So one of the objectives of today's um, Storytime with Steve episode is to just share um, how I kind of got started really in earnest with my first e-commerce website. Now, I can tell you that uh, growing up, I was always uh, into computers. My parents bought me a computer when I was 11 or 12 years old. And, you know, it was a, just a, it's called a TI-99-4A uh, because I'm a nerd. I can still remember that. And it had 16 kilobytes of RAM, uh, no hard drives, no external drives. If I programmed in that computer, I literally... I could type in for hours from a, in that, in the old days, a magazine would come and it would have some computer code written in basic. And you'd type that in uh, to your computer. And basically when you were done, if you didn't have a recording device, you just turned it off and all of that work went away. It disappeared. Uh, Over time, I got rich enough to buy a tape recorder, which was essentially a recording device. And literally it was a tape recorder that would plug into the computer and it would record sounds a lot like a fax machine, but it, a, a tiny little program may take 20 or 30 minutes to both save or reload. And so in some cases, it was faster just to type it in. Pardon me. So uh, the, the point is, during this time, technology was not at a high point, but I still loved it and it was fun. Um, over the course of time, uh, I did get more computers and more hard drives, and I always had kind of an affinity to it. Uh, in the late 90s, I owned a uh, one or more. Uh, at one point, I owned three of them, but I think in 1996, I owned at least one of uh, my floor covering stores, uh, one called Midlakes uh, Carpets and Interiors. And we had a, a beautiful showroom. It was, uh, I don't know, 6,000 square foot showroom very customized. The, the designers who uh, ran that showroom were brilliant. We had a big warehouse in the back where we would run crews every day. And we did a lot of big construction projects. And I knew that I wanted to do something online. It was very clear, even at that early stage, that Amazon was something special. And I just would walk around that showroom and I'd say, I wonder what I can sell. I wonder what I can sell. Thinking to myself that that the idea of selling a, a CD or a book, which was Amazon's strong point at the time, was laughable, right? That they, they have that market sewed up. Even at that early stage, they were you know, clearly going to dominate that. So we didn't want to compete with something that was easy and simple to uh, distribute that, that was already kind of basically beat down. Now, uh, I still didn't have a great opportunity to, to think about different supply chains or things like that. So 
at some point uh, in 1996, I put up a website for my, my own floor covering store called Midlakes Carpets and Interiors. And as a matter of fact, I have uh, still, thanks to the, the um, archiving from the Internet Archive Project, I can't remember the exact name of it. Uh, it's called thewaybackmachine.org. Uh, brilliant guy wrote that, and uh, I can still see what that site looked like in 1996. So even though I had a website, it was, it was so difficult just to put an image um, above a piece of text, right? So the idea of having a, a full shopping cart like Amazon has was, ooh, it was laughable. And I was doing most of that uh, myself. I may have used a, an external agency to help build the, the website, but I knew enough HTML, and I understood programming uh, adequately to, to kind of fool around with it. But it was still, this was HTML one days. It was terrible. So anyway, uh, fast forward to 1998, and I'm going to tell you about the first sale I made online. Now, again, because technology was not nearly advanced, we were struggling with the, this idea of, you know, how do you put images and pricing and, you know, how does it all work together? And Yahoo Store was really kind of a, a simple way of testing things. And as I like to tell the story, after tripping over you know, flooring samples for the, the prior two years, wondering what I'm going to sell. I'm like, I'll just try to sell this. I don't know. It's kind of a, a crazy idea, but, uh, but we'll just try to sell it. So I figured area rugs would be the first thing that would be at least the most easy to understand. You buy a piece, you know, you buy a rug, you ship it to them, and it goes there versus flooring where you buy, you know, how many square feet do you need, what kind of trim and uh, underlayment and all these other components, much more complex sale and typically much heavier, right? You'd ship pallets of flooring, whereas a rug could just essentially be rolled up and, and shipped away. So we grabbed some of the rugs that we had access to and we were, because we had a showroom, because we were a retailer, uh, we had access to uh, several different lines of rugs. And some of those guys were really great to work with uh, and really fun to work with. And some of them were, um, either completely oblivious to the idea of the internet or totally incompetent <laughs> when it came to the internet. Uh, I remember going to a trade show and uh, my brother Dennis and, and Brian was probably there and, and others uh, were there. Uh, Michael Bukowski and is probably where I met him actually at this trade show. But although Michael Bukowski got it, uh, this is probably close to the year 2000. I'll, I'm jumping back and forth here. But the, it might have been 99, but the, the guy at the trade show, or, or guys like this at the trade show, we would say, hey, we're with a company that I had finally named and, and uh, got formalized called iFloor. And the guy would just look at us and go, what do you floor, boy? What do you floor? And, and we just realized that, you know, this, that industry in particular was archaic and had no idea about the internet. And A, it was both frustrating and exhilarating because we knew that the opportunity was, was blue sky. So Jumping back to 98, I just didn't know what to sell. So I'm like, throw the rugs up there. Let's see what happens. Use the Yahoo store as our back end so that we don't have to really think about anything. And the premise was we would upload an image. We would say what the price was for that image. We would add some description and, and general information about it. Not that dissimilar to what you would do with the website today. You need a product detail page, essentially. And we just put it out there. We didn't have any search. We didn't have any paid anything. Google didn't exist at the time. And uh, we just put it up there to see what would happen. And sure enough, in October of 1998, and as I record this, it's been about 20 years, we got our first 
secure shopping cart sale. That was one of the benefits of using Yahoo Store is they actually had a secure shopping cart. And uh, by the way, when I first started the company, it was called eFloorCovering.com for the first few months because uh, I couldn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't really think very much. Later, I switched it to the, the name iFloor.com, which was better because it was a smaller domain and uh, iMac was cool and i this and i that, so I figured iFloor. Uh, I later sold the company and today it is a, uh, well, it's just not something I would recommend. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, uh, in October of 98, we put this stuff online and sure enough on the fax machine, that's how Yahoo would transmit orders to us. It would fax us a, co a written copy of the order. And then we would go manually enter that into our system and we get the copy and it's like, all oh, right, uh, we got an order and we see it's a little rug. And I, as I recall, it was like an entryway rug, like a doormat style rug that had a fish on it. Like somebody was catching a bass or. Uh, you know, a trout or something like that. Uh, I don't remember the exact details, but I just remember very plainly, like it was a fish, it was a floor mat, and I'm like, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Every, you know, uh, it takes all kinds. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first thing I'd put down, but I could see it in the cabin or whatever. So then I, I look farther down the order and I realize, wow, this order is going to Bulgaria. You know, how amazing is that? Not only do we get an order off of the interwebs, but the order is going to Bulgaria. And so I was just, I was tickled. And uh, the team that was there, uh, Kathy, uh, she was, uh, you know, the, the key team member at the time. Dennis was also there, but there were others there as well. But Kathy was responsible to call the manufacturer because we were drop shipping, get that rug and let's get it shipped out. So we call the manufacturer. They tell us, as is the custom with drop shipping, hey, we're out of stock. <laughs> Thanks for asking. And we're like, how long? They're like, maybe three weeks. So we're like, oh man, that is bad news. But what are we going to do, right? We just had no alternative. So we simply emailed the customer and said, pardon me, said, uh, I apologize. I'm very sorry. Um, I think Kathy actually said the email, you know, so we're sorry to let you down, but this thing is out of stock. Uh, our humble apologies, uh, really, uh, we'll get it shipped down as quick as we can. So sure enough, about three weeks later, the rug arrives uh, the second it gets to our building in Bellevue, Washington, I say to Kathy, run down the street, Kathy, and um, get this thing in the, you know, to the post office. Cause that's the only, we didn't understand how UPS would work or anything. We're like, we know they can send a parcel post. It's probably the cheapest. Um, it's not that we didn't understand that UPS existed or FedEx or whatever, but our inclination was that, that the post office would be cheaper. So she runs down to the post office, um, gets it all wrapped up and gets it labeled and you know, it's off to Bulgaria. By the way, I think we paid more for the shipping than we did for the rug. Um, and I don't remember if we charged the customer for shipping or not, I don't recall. In my memory, it's like the rug was $75 and the shipping internationally was $75. So they paid 150 bucks for this little tiny uh, rug. But as I recall, the, the shipping was probably more than that whole amount was uh, to begin with. But we're feeling excited and, you know, just the idea that that fax machine would, would start humming and light up and, you know, send us an order was just a magical idea. The very next day, literally the very next day in the mail, we got a notification from our Visa MasterCard processor, our merchant processor that said, hey, uh, that sale you made, um, that was a fraudulent transaction. <laughs> 
So literally the very, very first sale I ever made with a secure shopping cart online was a fraudulent sale. And I, as I've told this story before, I couldn't have been happier about it. It was thrilling. It was exhilarating. It was so amazing. Just this idea that we could, you know, be seen by an audience outside of our little town. It wasn't that small of a town, but you know, small enough, uh, certainly compared to the world. And it was just, it was a really exciting time. So although I lost the money on that transaction and it may have, other people may have read that as a bad omen, I personally didn't have a problem with it. Um, I didn't love losing the money, but it was a tiny amount and it was a good lesson. And by that time, by the time we had been a few weeks into it and got that notification and shipped the rug out and so forth, by the way, there's no way for us to stop the shipment. You know, we went back to the post office, hey, can we put a stop on this? And they're like, who are you talking to? No. Um, we can do nothing for you. Uh, the post office 20 years ago was way worse. Today, even the post office experience itself may be not ideal, but their deliverability and their execution is 10 times better uh, than it ever was back 20 years ago. So we knew that orders were right off, but during that time in that three-week period, as I said before, we had received a couple other orders, and we started getting some faxes. And we really started to see the potential at that time of selling stuff online. And, and the real challenge then was, I don't know what else to sell, so I'm just going to sell what I already sell. And so I, I literally, it's like the, the images for the, the rug, we found the rug catalog and we scanned that rug catalog and then had to cut that image you know, from the scan and then upload it and, and do all the, um, we used a program back in the old days called Debabelizer, which would compress that photo so that the size wasn't too big and slow down page load times. Uh, our flooring samples, when we did those, we literally would take a, a flooring sample and we would put it on a flatbed scanner and we would scan that. That was our method of taking a, a high-resolution photo at the time. Uh, later, we ended up buying, not long later, by the way, probably in the, the next few months, we bought a $25,000 camera that could produce something like four megapixel pictures, which, again, at the time was phenomenal. That, that was like so far beyond anything else. And it was actually a, a full-size or a mid-size uh, camera called a, a Mitsumi, I believe, and we bought a piece of equipment called a scan back. You would attach it to the back of that camera. And when you would snap the photo, the scanner would do its job through the lens. So you got really extraordinarily high images. So part of our mission early on was, you know, to evaluate, was that $25,000 investment worthwhile? And the way we evaluated is we said, how, long, how, many, how many things can we put on, you know, how many flooring samples can we put on a flatbed scanner? And how many of those can we do a day? versus how many can we do with the, the scan back camera. And by the way, we had thousands of uh, pieces of flooring in the showroom. So, you know, our objective was to do as many as you could. And the answer, I think in like three or four months, it paid for itself in terms of the productivity. So it would have taken us two or three years to do them or, or hire a bunch more people with a bunch more scanners, or we could just set up the studio and, and get efficient. Uh, and since this episode was originally intended to be a book of the week, I'll just throw out this book mention. Um, a Cheaper by the Dozen is an efficiency book. It's a hilarious book. It's a short read. But this, the decision about going from the flatbed scanner to the scan back camera, although quite expensive and a big investment, uh, was all about efficiency. And you could really just do the math on how many more images you could get up and then potentially how many more sales could you get earlier 
and how would that math impact it? And as I said, it was just a few months of payback time. So I hired a programmer because we knew that Yahoo Store was not going to be adequate to literally start programming our own platform, which we called Parsimony. And that was the, the, the birthplace, not only of my e-commerce company, but of the concept of parsimony.com, which is um, now being uh, brought back to life as a software company. And, you know, so much of, you know, the, I don't know, my journey hinged on that time frame. A lot of it had to do with taking risks. A lot of it had to do with just being dumb and, and not knowing any better. Uh, but it was, it was a fun time. And it, that was over 20 years ago uh, as we speak, as I'm recording this and speaking you, to you today. So that's, that's kind of just a, a little story time with Steve episode. This has been episode number 110 of the awesomers.com podcast. Just go to awesomers.com slash 110 if you'd like to see any show notes, details, or uh, the transcript of today's episode. Now, uh, we're going to come back tomorrow uh, and, and for the next uh, <laughs> coming days, every day, basically. And you're going to see a lot more episodes, uh, a couple more story times with Steve, but a lot more interviews with awesomers out there talking about their inspirational journey. I sure hope that you're clicking subscribe. That actually sends a very big signal to iTunes, by the way. Uh, or Google, or, you know, YouTube, wherever you're watching this, whether it's Spotify or iTunes or Google Play, if you click subscribe, that puts us up in the rankings. And without being up in the rankings, we don't get visibility. If we don't give it visibility, then nobody hears this, and I'm ultimately talking to myself. Hello, self. Okay, everybody, that's it for me today. Um, you know how to get in touch with this. Just go to awesomers.com slash contact if you have any questions. And uh, as always, please pay close attention to our sponsors uh, and those sponsor messages are coming up right now.